Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live, y'all. We got the Heat winning big games to stay number one in the East. The Panthers lose three in a row at home. We got big news coming out of baseball. And with UFC 272 featuring George Gamebred Masvidal. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Literally coming to you live, brother. Literally coming to you live. I mean, by the time the listeners are hearing it, we won't be live anymore. True. But yes, we are live from Cotson Park. True. Just finished covering our uh, our kickoff of Tuesday Night Lights for 365 Flag Football. Yes, sir. Make sure you guys tune into the YouTube channel. It's I mean, I don't want to give away, you know, spoil anything, but I mean, what a performance. What a game. What a game. And, um... Man, it was dope that we were able to kick off the season for Tuesday nights again with 365. And uh, we're looking forward to presenting it to you guys on our YouTube channel. So make sure you guys are tuning into that. Yes, please do that because we are out here pouring it out. All right. We're on the sidelines in, in the, the potential danger zone. Danger zone. <laughs> and I'm sitting on a makeshift chair that I think is a crate or a container to store things in. So this better be worth it. We better gain a couple more followers and a couple more downloads after this. So your, my, your back doctor is definitely not going to be happy. Scoliosis is about to act up. <laughs> oh man, what's going on with you, so? Not much, man. Enjoying my pizza mañana. Oh I'm sure boy, you guys saw the post on the Instagram. Sheesh. I went and got my pizza on Sunday after a big, big victory for our hometown Heat, man. Um, and we needed it, right? We needed them to to really perform in these matches that we were going to get into a tough stretch of games. Yep. And we wanted to see big game performances. And, man, we got one from against the Bulls, bro. It was a huge win. Uh, Bam went off. Uh, he's been going off the entire month. The Heat walk away with the victory, put themselves two games ahead against the Chicago Bulls, and really give themselves a little bit of that breathing room that we had talked about, right, where they have that ability to continue to win games, beat opponents that they're supposed to, and really give themselves some space for that Eastern Conference run to that number one spot. No, yeah, we, we definitely uh, – I, I, now we, I think uh, we are – 2-0 and against the Bulls on the year. Correct. Is that right? That's correct. So we've, we've swept, I think, the series. I don't think we play them again. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're, you know, the closest as far as record goes. I, are they the most dangerous team? I, we can get into that. And, you know, I, I don't think they are. I think they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's when, you know, it's a matter if they're all healthy, right? Yep. And last night they had some, you know, some issues. Granted, we were also out Kyle Lowry. Um, yep. So that, that's always going to, yeah, that's always going to take a toll on us whenever Lowry's not on the court. But, um, you know, Bam led the way. Uh, Jimmy had an okay game, you know, nothing crazy, but Tyler Hero had a fantastic game. Uh, unsung hero Gabe Vincent was able to do some remarkable stuff. Um, so it was an all-around team performance, man. It was a real good game. You know, Mike Struess got real hot late in the fourth quarter. Thank we God. were already up, but, you know, it's just nice to have that and give us that extra cushion so that we're not battling back. Absolutely. Um, but that, that was a great game in a, in a stretch of games that, you know, that we had since uh, our, we last got together. And uh, we are recording this outside, ladies and gentlemen, if you do hear a couple rumbles and roars in the back. Um, it's live. I said it. It's a little different. Yeah, a little different. We're not in, we're our, not in, the studio. in our safe space. But um, but the, the game before that, man, I think that was the game Bam had almost 40 points. He had like 37, 37 points. points. Yeah. Talk to me about that game, bro. Bro, that was the third game in the row that they had won, and, and that was coming off of another great performance against the Knicks, right? We come back from the All-Star break, first game being against uh, the Knicks, 
on the road and my favorite sound to hear in msg is let's go heat let's go heat and this is like the second or third time we've heard that so far this year and it's really been almost like a home away from home for the heat right where they go into msg there's no pressure and they go out there and get a, a fairly easy win right we go out there beat the knicks 115 to 110 um, to 100, I'm sorry. And then we follow that up with a home performance on Saturday night against the Spurs. And I tell you why that game was was kind of strange, right? Because usually when you get a good victory and you play an inferior opponent, right, there's easy, there's a lot more room for a letdown, right, where maybe the performance isn't there, maybe the stars don't have it, maybe, you know, some guys don't want to put in that full effort. But what we saw from Bam that night, you, you, you alluded to his 37 points, but more than that, his energy, his aggression, right, his relentless attack of the basket and really putting himself in a position to really dominate a, a defense, we saw that on display against the Spurs. And I just wish we would see that way more often because, man, if he were able to do that more often, there's no doubt in my mind we would end up at the number one seed this year, but really be a contender and, and probably a favorite for the championship. I mean, we're sitting in that spot for a reason, man. And we're a great team. I mean, the, the, the talks for Eric Spolstra – being coach of the year, you know, it keeps keeps uh, ramping up, um, especially, you know, if we do finish it, you know, first in the East. Um, granted, it's a matter of what we do in the playoffs, but what, mm -hmm. what he's been able to do, you know, missing guys at any given time, which has been more often than not this season, uh, has been remarkable, man. And, yeah, you know, over this stretch right here, you just you see it. You know, it comes down to the coaching. It comes down to calling those right timeouts whenever they, you know, even when you have a lead and they start to make a little momentum run. Absolutely, It's having bro. a great leader there. And then, uh, you know, on the, same, on the same token, you know, it, we got veteran players, man. We got these guys, even even the young guys, man, even, you know, Tyler Hero and Bam are, are relatively young in their career, playing like some – 10-year veterans, bro. Yeah. I looked at Ben the other day, and I was like, man, I feel like this guy's been in the league for 10 years already. You know what it is? It's that heat culture, right, where we make sure that everybody comes into the season conditioned and really able to play at a high level for a long stretch of time, right, because we kind of have a, this thing down to an exact science where we can see how the staff kind of puts players in, into rotations, watching the minutes, hey, take this day off, hey, we're going to play you as a, as a bench player instead of a starter tonight. You know what I mean? They always always find a way to get the right mixtures in order to allow the player to feel as healthy as they can in order to perform. And you're right. There's a lot of resiliency within this team, man, because that game against the Spurs, while well, they're an inferior opponent, they really brought it that night. And it was only a four-point victory at the end of the day. Um, we saw a great performance from their bench, right? They had uh, their unlikely hero step up and hit a lot of threes for them. And that really carried them into the fourth quarter where they were able to try to make a run towards the game. And again, we saw Bam's aggression, right, and his playmaking ability really make the difference down the stretch for the game. And and Tyler Hero too, man. We don't we haven't talked about him too much in the in the last recent weeks because he's kind of been off and on, but just the fact that he's able to recognize when the when the team needs a moment or when the team needs a spark and say you know what let me try to do something and we've been seeing a lot of the role players really stepping up caleb martin has been playing well you you mentioned strews um gabe vincent with 20 points um in, in starting for for lowry in the game against the bulls that we're going to get into right now um it's just a testament to how deep this team is and again how they try to find the best way to put guys in a position to really perform and do their best because Gabe Vincent I don't think he'd be able to do this on other teams but the fact that he's so familiar with us the fact that he's so brought bought in into the heat culture and really has that that type of vibe and, and energy with the right, rest of his right. teammates 
man, it's just an exciting uh, thing to see. I, that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. Because if you grab him and you put him on a struggling like Lakers team, like right, he's only going to do worse. You know what I mean? Because you got so much star power there that it's like they're expecting. You know, everybody else should be picking up the weight, and it's like no, nah, exactly. like here is a team effort. You know what I mean? On any given night, any one of us is going to be the one to to, to carry us to victory. Um, nah, and Tyler Hero, man. I mean, his name's being thrown around. We talked about Spo for Coach of the Year. I mean, we could we could potentially end up with the Coach of the Year and the Sixth Man of the Year. Multiple and, and awards. What Tyler Hero's doing. I mean, you said he's off and on. I think he's been more on than off this season compared mm-hmm, to last mm-hmm. season. I was just um, talking more recently. You know what I mean? Even more recently, man. And you know, anytime I look, you know, I, I'm like, all right, I look at the game early on. If I'm not watching it, and I look, I look at the the box score and see what's going on, he is either the number one leading scorer at the moment or number two. He's never outside of that position, which means he, he's one and two, you know what I mean, as far yeah. as a scoring threat. And then the fact that he's he's just finding new ways to score this year, man. You know, he's not so reliant so much on the three ball. I mean, he's taking his threes, don't get me wrong, and he does take some that are kind of like, ah, why would you pull up from there? But granted, you know, we might have a lead or something like that. But the fact that, like, he's playing to the rhythm of the game and he knows how to pick his lane and really take it to the rim, uh, that that's something right there that, that the Heat need, especially when we have a guy like Jimmy that's take you know putting his body on the line every single possession For and going sure. to the line 15 times, which Jimmy struggled that last game too, by the way. He was struggling from the line, yeah. missing free throws and stuff, kind of an off game. Um, but, you know, that's not – more often than not, you're going to get Jimmy with a good performance. So yes. if, if we got a good uh, one-two punch with Jimmy and with and with uh, Hero or Bam, I mean, there's no reason we can't win games and win big. Something to touch on Hero real quick. You're right. He has been way more on than off this season, right? And we've seen that in the, in the production and, more importantly, in the scoring. But for me, his greatest transition this year has been his point guard play. Right, with the absence of Lowry so many times, not only is he picking up the slack offensively, scoring buckets and, and getting into the paint, right, being aggressive, heading to the basket, he's also commanding the offense and being a, a provider and, and a creator, right, because he's averaging about five assists on the season. And for a kid who's never really played point guard, to come on here and really play it at the highest level when the team needs you in order to initiate offense for everybody else, for a guy like Jimmy, for a guy like Bam, uh, the shooters like Hero and, uh, excuse me, Duncan, and uh, Gabe, uh, not Vincent, no, uh, P.J. Tucker from the corner, right? We see him setting those guys up. We see him setting up Struz. We see him setting up Caleb Martin for dunks and alley oops in that Chicago game. And that, and, and to your point, I mean, he's not just doing it, you know, off the pick and rolls and the screens and finding somebody open. He's doing it off the rebound, which means, you know, he's down low getting that rebound first. And then multiple times in, in the last game against the Bulls, he was just heaving that ball all the way across the court, whether it was to Bam or to Jimmy. And it's kind of question was like, ah, oh, why would you be throwing a full court like that? But – Almost every single time, it worked out and resulted in us either getting to the rim or yep. drawing contact and getting the foul. And, and you're right. It's not going to work all the time, right? But the fact that he feels pushing comfortable it. And to push it. it, to find open guys, to try to make a pass, right? Yep. To try to do something in order to, again, like I said, initiate the offense and keep the defense on their heels. Man, he's really done a great job stepping up for Lowry. And, and I have to give a special shout-out to Gabe, man. He, what a great performance he had in that Bulls game. 20 points, um, really effective from the field, ended up with six assists, and and that's a guy who's going to fight tooth and nail and really try to defend more than he scores. So to see him put in a defensive output and really shut down DeRozan because he had scored 10 straight uh, had 10 straight games with 30 or more points, ran into the Heat defense, and we never heard from that again. Yep. And that streak ended, and Michael Jordan is still number one in Bulls, in Bulls history. No, we, we played great D, man. We were locked down on him. We were double-teaming him when we had to. And, and, and the thing is, man, the, the fact that all, any one of our guys can can really close out and, and, 
and make the play, even though they're double teaming and helping somebody out, they can always transition on the swing pass and they can always get to that corner and, and defend that three, man. Yeah. The defense, when it's clicking, man, we're, we're dangerous. We yeah, shut down even the best scorers like DeMar. And, we, and, we, and again, we're seeing it with the high-level scorers, right? We've seen us play the John Morant and really hold them down. We've seen us play the Luka Doncic and really hold them down, right? A guy like DeMar DeRozan, who's literally tearing up everybody in the league, all right? Ten straight games with 30 or more points. That shit is not easy. And the man was making it look easy. He's mostly a mid-range shooter. So imagine how efficient he's scoring those 30 points, right, per game. Again, for the defensive performance that the team usually has night in, night out, what we saw on Monday night against the Bulls team was impressive to say the least, man. Yeah. And I'm looking for it to continue because, like we talked about, um, they're going to have a rush stretch of games coming up. We just beat the Bulls. Now we got the Bucks. We got the next, the 76ers, all coming up in a matter of six to seven days. We got the Bucks tomorrow. So at the time that the recording comes out, we'll be getting ready to play Milwaukee tonight. Yep. And then follow that up with a Thursday matchup against the Nets at, at New, New uh, Brooklyn. Following the new Brooklyn, new Brooklyn, right? <laughs> the new Brooklyn Nets. Um, but yeah, back-to-back road games, right? On the road at Milwaukee, on the road at Brooklyn, and then to come home and face the 76ers on a Saturday. Those are three tough games. Arguably, the 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 hardest three-game stretch we've had this season. But wouldn't you say that those are the three games that Eric Spoelstra and company are probably looking forward to the most? I mean, I I, I would I would I would think so. You know what I mean? This is the test. This is a play. This is going to be playoff teams, right? In the right. East, these are teams that are doing well right now. Um, and I mean, two of the teams are tied to each other in the Nets and the Sixers, right? Mm -hmm, with the moves mm -hmm. that they made. So they want to test themselves with the moves that they made against a team like us. You know what exactly. I mean? As much as it's a gauge for us, it's a gauge for them. So they're going to bring it. They're going to bring their, their A game. And it's per that's perfect because now we know exactly what to prepare for. I mean, we're talking about three teams that are going to be in the hunt for that same position that where we're at. Maybe it would take some type of really miracle emergence from Brooklyn to make a climb back into that top three race, right? But we expect them to be one of those teams in the playoffs that we got, that we match up with, right, that is going to be a difficult opponent. Same thing with the Bucks. That's going to be a potential matchup opponent for us in the playoffs, especially if we're trying to get to, to the Eastern Conference final champions or, or get that Eastern Conference championship. It's going to be interesting how much people play. We've seen Jimmy struggle. Recently, I wonder if he's going to try to take a step back and say, let me let the game come to me, or if he's going to try to continue to force it and try to beat his way out of this kind of like dredge that he's in because everybody else is clicking. We know Bam is clicking. He's having a hell of February. Um, if Eric retweeted it today and we retweeted it on the Sports with Soso uh, Twitter handle, so make sure you guys are tuning into that and obviously following that. We got t giveaways and stuff like that coming on that Twitter. Don't sleep. My dog has already told you. Do we, not sleep. We haven't done a, a, a giveaway in a while, man. I think we're kind of overdue. We're gonna. We're a little bit overdue, man. But bam, in the last ten games, besides that Chicago's game, guy's been averaging over twenty-three points, eleven rebounds, averaging three assists per game, with two steals and two blocks a game, all while shooting over fifty-six percent from the field. Money. When we want a superstar performance. And we talk about Bam, we talk about all those things. And the fact that he's been doing it for the last 10 games, you can really tell that that's the engine that keeps the the heat on top and moving forward. You know what I mean? Yep. And really into this into a prime position heading into the second half of the season. Because now it's crunch time. Crunch that's time. It. You know that's what I mean? That's the 25 games, man. Yeah, bro. We're, we're basically in playoff mode. You know, it's, a, it's just fine-tuning at this point. We're right there, man. We're right there. And like I said, um, 
they currently still have that two-game lead on the Bulls, right? Heat are 41 and 21. Uh, first time they've been over 40 wins since like the 2015 season. I think that was the last year that we had LeBron here and, and company. Yeah. Yep. You know we're gonna we're gonna be 20 games over 500 potentially to end the season. First time we do that again since that LeBron Wade Bosh era. Mm-hmm. Those are the signs of a really good team, a really good dangerous playoff team. And if we can get back to that position and see other teams falter. I don't see why it would be crazy to say, yeah, the Heat are probably favored to come out of the East right For now. For sure. Right? We've been saying it, man. Come on now. And it's not because we're homers. It's just the facts. It's Look at the stats. We're, I mean, we're looking at what's in front of us. Right. And, uh, I mean, uh, all things all things considered, mm-hmm. there's no reason why the Heat shouldn't be the favorite right now to win the East. Absolutely. Even though we're not getting the media coverage and the love that we should be getting nationally, hmm. you know, that, this hmm. is a whole different story and a whole hmm. different podcast we can do. But yeah, we could. We are definitely the outright favorite at this point in the season to win the East. Yeah, man. And uh, I really look forward to that challenge. And I'm really looking forward to this next three-game stretch and seeing what we're made of, right? Yep. We know it's going to be tough, and we, we need to find out what we're made of, especially heading into the playoffs and Hopefully, with Bam kicking ass. I hate to throw this negative in, G, but Sheesh. it'll make sense in a second. Hopefully, we don't lose three in a row here. Yeah, man. I doubt we'll do it because, again, this team is on fire. Um, even though we saw that there was another team on fire, right, and we're talking about the Panthers losing three in a row at there home. Go. There you go. At home at that, bro. Take that. I mean, ah, no peace out for you. No, man. No, man. And look, if if Joel, if I would have told you, yo, Sheesh. the Panthers are going to lose three in a game, three in a row at home. Would you would you believe me? Um, Bro, uh, not this season, man. Not right? the way we've been playing. We're a bounce back team. We lose a game and we bounce back, man. And then against these opponents, there's no reason we should have lost three these three games. And it's not so much that they haven't lost three games in a row, right? Because we've had lost three games in a row. But they were on the road in a real tough stretch. And we were coming off a, a weird availability of players with covid back in november and december and stuff like that so it was really strange right now man with with this three game losing streak that they're currently on against the predators against the blue jackets and against the oilers not really good teams and the and the fashion that you're losing right you're up four two against the predators you allow them to come back two goals in the third period an extra two goals to go up two in the in the third period to get the game six four that's very unlike us right very unlike us bad goalkeeping play i don't know man we do a good job of closing out, and, and we have not been able to close out no, against these teams I mean, at all. I don't understand if it's like a, if it's kind of like a snowball effect that like you know one game it's like all right you know you, you kind of put your guard down and then you lose mm. and then you're like all right this won't happen again and then it happens again and then it happens and then you're again. like nah there's no way it happens the third time and like you just kind of it's something they got to shake off you know what I mean you were talking about Bro. and the personnel availability and things like that. Uh, they they need, to, they need to just shake this off and get back to their their way of playing games. Let me, let me say something, man. Uh, both games that they have lost, those first two games, we saw the Panthers give up four goals in the in the third period, and that's very unlike us because we usually like solid when it comes to the fourth quarter, and we usually put the teams yep. on on their back heels, so to speak, right, and really bring that pressure towards them. And just to see the Panthers fall like that, you know what I mean? Like, again, being up against a bad team like the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, you're up, you know, you're down 2-1 to, to heading into the third. You go up two goals, and then all of a sudden you give up those four goals in the third period, and you lose the game 6-3. How the hell does that happen? And then, again, you think, all right, there's no way they're going to lose three in a row at home because they dominate at home. They're the best team in the league when it comes to home record. And then they go down again. Three goals in the second period to go down to Edmonton, four to three overall. A bad fourth quarter yet again. Fourth quarter. 
Uh, for, uh, third Sheesh. period, excuse me. But it's kind of like it's the fourth quarter, night, right? Folks. Yeah, man. But it's kind of like the third quarter for them, right? Yeah. The fourth quarter for them. That third period is where it happens. Whether you win the game or not, or you make the stop defensively, right, right, right. right? And we just weren't seeing the Panthers come up with that play, man. Well, I, I don't know how they're going to fix it because... Where does that? What did that do to us as far as you know the, the bigger picture, the season standings? How far behind are we now, and and uh, how many goals are we behind? Well, luckily for us, we're still ahead of the uh, the division, right, in the Atlantic. But when you look at the overall uh, league, Colorado gained two and a half games on us now. You know what I mean? And that was big because we really would love to have home field advantage, home ice advantage throughout the is. the entire playoffs, right? Because we know we're heading into the playoffs. But what 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 the response that I wanted to see, right, came after that that Oilers loss, where the next practice there was no coaches, it was just the players, and they practiced by themselves really hard and had a strict talk before and after practice. Those are the type of things that happen in hockey that if if done correctly, it really has that effect that the team is looking for, where it generates that that hunger, it generates that that passion again, and it generates that belief to say, all right, guys, we had our blip, we had our bump in the road, let's keep moving forward. We know we got a bigger goal in mind, and that's the Stanley Cup. Let's work on it one game at a time and make sure we get into the playoffs, get a good seed, and, and, and break it down that way. Man, if... If there's anything we know about this Panthers team, when they suffer hard losses, they always come back and get hard wins. So I'm really looking forward them to them bouncing back on their schedule and really getting some hardcore wins because they're going to need it no, in order we, to we, keep pace, right, and really definitely. keep uh, Carolina Hurricanes at bay in the division. No, we saw it last year, you know, against the, the Lightning. The Lightning were the number one seed, and mm -hmm. they, they had that home ice advantage you were just talking about, and they they ragdolled us, you know. So it was, I, I think we stand a way better chance against a team like that if we have that home ice advantage. So we, need, sure. to, we need to tighten up right now. Three, you know, we've had some good win streaks. But, man, it's like you can go on, like, a 10-game win streak, but if you have this a three-game losing streak, it's like it just it erases everything that you did, you know, and that's kind of what just happened in this instance. So they need to turn it around. They need to get a streak back, at least a three-game win streak going back um, to try to offset this and, and, and try to gain those games back on the avalanche. But uh, this is this is the team, bro. This is the team, and, sure. and we're going to be able to make it happen no matter what. For sure. And the good thing about it is, is that they've had five days until their next game, right? Their next game is on Thursday. They're playing at home against the Senators and then again playing Saturday at home against the, the Red Wings. Um, two really tough opponents, two opponents that are looking to make playoff pushes themselves, right? The Panthers had five, are going to have five days to think about that last loss. Like I said, they've already held that players-only practice and talk. Um, you can feel like if they're heading in the right direction or at least trying to get into the right mindset in order to get those two victories back-to-back -back at home and kind of right the ship right at home and make sure that they know they can still defend their home ice without any issues. Because ultimately, I really think that's what's going to benefit the Panthers in their playoff run. If they get more games at home, they're really going to be able to make a dangerous, dangerous run to that Stanley Cup, regardless of who they face as an opponent, right? Because we're going to feel confident, and they're going to feel even more confident in having that home ice advantage, regardless of who they play. Let's see, man. Tough schedule, right? Ottawa's no joke. Detroit's no joke. Two hockey powerhouses, two hockey, you know, um, storied franchises with winning ways. Going to be a tall order for the Panthers, but I believe they're up for it, man. 
I'm pretty sure you are too. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. You're you're pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I want to see this team bounce back, man. Especially you know, especially when they get smacked. Yep. Uh, they don't take that shit lightly, man. They don't nope. just lay down and take it. They're gonna come back, and they're gonna they're upset with themselves. But as upset mm-hmm. and disappointed as we are, those guys are ten times more disappointed, and and they know they need to tighten up because they know they're better than that. Giving up those late you know those late third period goals, man. That's not like them, and Very that's something they're gonna stop moving forward. And I think they're gonna they're gonna want to start off with a big punch. So I expect a early. Or, you know some early uh, scores in the in the first game back on Thursday. We need to see an offensive onslaught like we've been accustomed to seeing from the Panthers. Yep. You know, and uh, hopefully they're able to make big waves and make big moves. Um, another franchise that is making big waves and big moves down here, a team that we really didn't expect to hear a lot from this offseason, being that they're currently in the lockout with baseball, the Marlins. Making the news, man. Derek Jeter stepping down as CEO and president of baseball. Now, that's an interesting way to put it, right? We say that he's stepping down. That's how it came out. That was the headline. Now, now, was it like uh, they gave him the, uh, you know, hey, dude, you got to get out of here. Right. But we're going to give you the choice to go out here on your, you know. So it's interesting because Jeter, when he came down here, he originally had a five-year contract to be the CEO of the team and have a certain stake in in the franchise as well. Uh, this was going to be his fifth year of that five-year contract heading into the season. And according to some of the insiders, right, that follow baseball and more specifically the Marlins, like a guy like Craig Mish, who's covered the team for years and years and years and has tons of baseball knowledge, he came out the other day on Twitter saying that um, there was more of a promise made to Jeter in, in terms of his abilities to grow the team and build the team, right? Now, I don't know if that means going after a certain amount of players, uh, opening the budget, uh, giving this guy, you know, $80 million to work with, $70 million to work with, as opposed to the $12, $13, 14 $15 million that we're used to with the, with the Marlins, historically. And now things are coming out saying that these guys kind of had it in mind that Derek Jeter wasn't going to be here for the long run because a lot of people had... Uh, doubts about you know how he was able to come in and really mesh with ownership and stuff like that with the guys that are really throwing the money behind the team and really threw the money behind the the park and the investment and whatnot and sounds, now, sounds like we were just a resume builder for jeter it feels like it right <laughs> I, feel, I mean the way you just described that it's like he's just going to take that and be like hey uh you know i know i underperformed a little bit but i really didn't get a shot i was in the middle of covid and this is what would happen and but you know i already have the experience of you know being the uh, president of baseball for for an organization yeah and man. i'm Derek jeter and i'm Derek jeter former <laughs> yankee right come on um and the, and the crazy part is is that when we signed him right a lot of the noise coming from new york was that yeah this is just a stepping stone for Derek to uh, potentially get that job with the Yankees, right, and come back home and really try to right the ship and, and put them in a position where they can get back to their glory days. And with a guy like Jeter at the helm, shit, that would be an amazing plan if you're a Yankees fan or a Yankee supporter. Um, but we really got behind him down here, I felt like, as a team and as as an short, organization. Short-lived, man. I short mean, we, lived. Did, we did, you know. short we, we definitely were behind. But I feel like the Marlins fan base in, as a whole was like, we need to see a lot more. You know what I mean? And yeah, and we we didn't get a chance. So that's what I feel like. Ugh, we just didn't get a chance to these last couple of years, like in the pandemic and whatnot. Uh, you know, the, we did all right the first year in in the bubble or whatever. 
Um, and then last year was kind of like lackluster. It was like that didn't really pan out the way that we thought. There were some moments, right. there were some glimpses right. of hope, but it wasn't really the, what we thought was going to happen. And then now we don't even have a baseball season for us to work on our team. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, and, are, and, is just baseball dead, bro? And and the worst part about it is that you have this change in in that big role, right? Potentially in the office, you get Kim Ang into the building she starts to get used to another job and now we're gonna put her in another role and next thing you know we're trying to find somebody else to take place before the season even takes gets started if it, if it ever gets if it started. even gets started because we found out today that there was the lockout officially uh by bud uh, not bud seeley what's his dude's name the commissioner Manfred. Manfred. Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred. Well, yeah, Manfred. The, the uh what is it the mlbpa so that's the Correct. players association they they uh, rejected uh, the final proposal from Major League Baseball, uh, and therefore they just uh, basically canceled opening day, which would have been what April first. Yes, and day. spring training got spring pushed back training, even more. Yep, and opening day, so everything is pushed back right now. There's no no set date or time nope. frame for um, this upcoming baseball season. Um, and which brings back the question again, is baseball dead? So I think it is, man. It's starting to get there because it definitely doesn't have that same type of oomph or same type of glimmer and glamour that it used to have back in the days. Uh, for me, you know, Baseball is, was really already starting to struggle to compete with the other sports, right? We saw the NHL get a major deal with TNT and TBS to, to host their games during the week. That's something that baseball would normally occupy, right? Um, we see soccer gaining popularity. The MLS is going, getting ready to head into the playoffs, and, and that's heating up, and people are starting to tune into that. Yep. You, get team, you get the NBA who doesn't stop, right, putting out really good teams and really good products out to the court. And, of course, we know that the machine of the NFL never stops, right, and it's the year long. So, for me, it was like, man, baseball has this one little niche that they own, right, which is that springtime area, that spring baseball, get everybody excited for the summer, and they're losing it. Yeah. And they're losing it bad. I mean, opening day, man. Opening day is the most... The most, it's an I mean, amazing day. October is the most exciting time in baseball, hands down, right? Right. And there's a couple other moments. There's like, uh, if you you watch like um, the the home run derby or the All Star game, all right, that's another moment. And there's like, you know, for certain teams, you know, like catching. I, I'll never forget. I saw the Cubs play the Dodgers on Memorial Day. It was super patriotic. It was a really dope experience. I can imagine like a Fourth of July game, a Memorial Day. You know what I mean? Something like that, right? But then besides all of those. Opening day. I mean, it's plain and simple. Baseball's finally back. It's give me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if we ever go back. And it's looking root. like we may never go back. And never root, root, root for the home team again, right? Um, I really believe that they're going to get it situated. And I really believe that the answer is less games. Less games for the season oh, for because sure. 162 is just too much. And the players I mean, know that they don't they don't want to do that. What are um, we doing? Why are we playing so many damn games? And Manfred There's already. 365 days in the year. You're playing. 162 games homie correct what why it's 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 weird you know and it's not good for the sport um and again the most important thing for me is is shortening the season and manfred already came out and said that they're already going to start to cancel games so we're looking at a potential five to ten games already being canceled by each day this continues now maybe the best spot is for it to be 120 games 100 games whatever but I feel there has to be concessions on both sides, right? Where we have a good amount of teams in the playoffs, a good amount of games in the regular season, and the players can be compensated for both, you know, where baseball can try to get some type of glory back and really put themselves in front of all that social media in the 
positive light because right now they are losing their fan base completely. I think the best thing that they can do um, is make sure they, they need to make a policy where everybody needs to take steroids. Steroids? And that's Yeah, if everybody's juiced to the gills, so baseball would be it's so entertaining. And that would bring back the masses. Like, all right, hey, I'm all in again. And you I'm know not what? Gonna lie. Let's let's throw some contact in there. So as he's rounding the base, you know what I mean? For if the sure. guy knows a little bit of jujitsu, he may be able to throw do something, dog. You know what I mean? If Try you, to hold him, stop him from going to second base. If you, you know, throw a little contact in there. We gotta make this exciting. Make it like basketball. If you think about it, man, baseball was probably at its most popular when the guys in the game were juicing. Everybody was Mark aware McGuire, of it. Mark Sammy Sosa. And nobody said anything, right? Mark Juice. McGuire and, and Sammy Sosa out there giving the nation what they wanted, right? Home runs after home runs after home runs, swinging huge bats, 38 ounces, 40-ounce bats, hitting we balls 480 ball, uh, feet it. in the air. It was amazing. Oh, it's not fair. Figure it out, baseball. It's not Figure it fair. Out. They're on performance-enhancing drugs. Oh, yeah, Junior, you can get them, too. This is America, land of the free, home of the brave. Be brave enough to take some performance-enhancing drugs it, once it, in your it's life. It's even bigger than that, bro. This is an international game. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You're absolutely and, right. And the but world, we're American. We do it different. I feel you, we do it different. I feel you, and the world looks to the MOB as the you know the lighthouse to be like, this is the, the type of organization we want to have in our respective countries and our respective leagues right and for baseball to be major league baseball to be fumbling the ball like this bro it's 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 straight up disgusting man it's straight up disgusting because look, as a dominican i know tons of people tons of cubans latin american folks hispanics folks south americans who love this game love to play it show their kids how to play the game and you know for them to lose out on watching baseball just because these guys are having a disagreement I'm not with that, man. These the guys got to figure it out. The craziest thing for me is that, like, at the end of the day, like, this is all about money. Straight up. And everybody's losing out on money right now. Like, not just the players losing out by not being able to play and, and cash checks, but all of the owners, you know what I mean, all the media people, all the people in the stadiums, you know, like, all those jo – like, everything's just held up. So there's just so much money that's involved that's just being held up. And it's like, can't we just come to a reasonable agreement? I don't know enough about the argument on both sides and why there's mm -hmm. a standstill. Um, you know, I, I, I could be a little bit more educated in that regard, but it's like at the end of the day, like, it, it, I just know it comes down to money. And, and the worst part, Joel, for me, you know, besides all that that we're talking about is that, again, it's, a, it's a, a, something that can be fixed, right, yeah. by a simple conversation and just conceding some things and knowing that, hey, we got to get this product on the field. We got to get this going on. And coming off of two COVID seasons, right, where you lose a lot of fans, you lose a lot of interest, you're losing that, that momentum in social media, like I, social media, like I said, baseball has to figure it out and get baseball back in front of the fans ASAP before they the lose they their core fans. They're already losing their, those fringe fans. I mean, the, the core fans are dying off. Yeah, they're, they're all dying boomers, off, man. Yeah, no, and, 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 and even the people who are in our age bracket, dog, our, they're, they're the losing that interest. They're well, I mean, losing that they've interest. been lost the interest, man. And then, especially for our market down here in South Florida, I mean, it's just there; it's non-existent. You know, those are the those are the markets that get hurt the most. Absolutely, you know, because of the fact that we're already kind of fringe. And you know, the Cubs are going to do well. The Yankees are going to do well. Shit, you know, the the Astros are going to do well. The the Dodgers are going to do well. Those are all big big markets and big winning markets where where baseball thrives. But for the Marlins, man, it's like. Uh, all right, hey, no, no sweat off my back. I don't have to worry about having another miserable team out here. So, hey, oh, photo op.
do it for the folks, hey. You know, we sign autographs and everything out here, guys. We'll take a quick <laughs> selfie with you signing an autograph. We will leave me kiss your baby on the forehead. Hey, just like a real politician would, man. Um, bro, it's it's crazy what baseball has going on. And hopefully, like I said, they, they figure it out sooner than later before they lose everybody who really cares about baseball, including myself. You know, I and agree. I'm already one step out the door. So I'm baseball not, better get it together. I got like Joey Diaz says, I got one foot in the grave and another in the banana peel. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Joey Diaz, man, because he's a big MMA fan, bro, and he's Huge. definitely gonna be watching these fights on Saturday. UFC 272. Uh we're calling it 3-0 fight night because Jorge oh, yeah. Game Break. Masvidal, Miami's own, 305's own, is going to be taking on Colby Covington in the main event. Mm. And usually we don't get pay-per-view events, right, that aren't for a belt, and we got one just how, just because of how big this heated matchup is getting to be, man. Oh, no, Masvidal has definitely become a pay-per-view must-watch. You know, anything that he does, uh, it's going to draw attention, it's going to draw views, so it's rightful that he, he's on a pay-per-view card, but that's that's a hell of a card that night, too, man. There's a lot of great fights. It's not just that one. Obviously, that's the cherry on top. That's the one to cap it off. The reason yes, we're all going to be tuning in, but like we've mentioned time and time again on this show, uh, the UFC does not, unlike baseball, they they, <laughs> they put on a hell of a product week in and week out, man. They I do, mean, man. they just have fights this weekend. They have fights the weekend before that. They just every every weekend they got fights. And uh, with this Masvidal, man, it's it's the homie, man. It's the hometown. You know, we got to tune in. We got to support. Absolutely. We're hoping he bounces back and he gets a nice nice win here for sure. And the more important thing for us is that. We get to see a great fight because we love MMA, and more importantly, we love to support home team. And George Masvidal really doesn't like this guy, so we're expecting to see a. They used to be boys, a, a, right? They used to be boys. They used to be in the same camp, you know. So part of me is like, what if it's just all all hype? You know, they're doing it just to build the hype or whatnot. Or does he truly not like him? Because he's he's talking about mm. uh, he's talking about murdering him. You know what I mean? Dude. There's been a couple quotes that 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 Masvidal's put out about you know the, the results of the fight and what's gonna happen. Yeah, that clip that you sent me, man, of about they asked him, oh, what's going to be the headline uh, the following day after the fight? And the first thing he said was Kobe Covington is unresponsive and laid out on a stretcher. Critical condition. Critical condition was the exact quote. And mm. that just lets you know that there's real beef there, right? Um, they had that issue with their trainers and both leaving American top team and then George being invited back and Kobe feeling some type of way and Kobe being this outlandish character that even Joe Rogan has said on his podcast that he really puts on. He's not really what he is, but he's figured out a way to to market himself right in a way where he can sell these type of fights and really put on pay-per-views. We saw it against Usman, right? We saw it when he was trying to get up to Usman and... Man, ultimately it's sold, and now we get to be, have a big pay-per-view event, UFC 272, man. I'm, I'm, Who are you taking in this fight, Joel? I mean, come on, son. I mean, shh. I mean, come on. Cuz, tell me really, who you're you really asking me that question right here in front of all these if folks. you going to ask me for my wife, man? Come nah, on, man. son. You know I'm going with Game Bread Mazadal. Absolutely, bro. I mean, and we're going to be watching it. Yes, we sir. We got a little watch party going on. Yeah, right? man. 3 um, fight night. Let's talk about it. We got a couple of the homies coming through. Nah, man. We just, you know, we got the homie Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. He's been on the show before. Our UFC insider and uh, expert for provocateur. Uh, he's, 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 he sees shit that... 
me as the casual UFC fan, like I don't pick up on, you know what I mean? Like right. nuances of, of, of the sport. And like, I enjoy watching it with him. Cause like he picks up on that stuff and he, he puts me on game. So really excited to watch it with him. Hoping that you don't decide to do any heavy training. Nah, day nah, up. We've I, established I'm that. Good. I'm Taking good. the day off so that we can all link up. Um, but it should be a <laughs> hell of a night, man. It yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really interested to watching this fight live with Jesse, because we know how good he is with, um, um, breaking down the game and really figuring out how each fighter is attacking themselves and what they're trying to uh, provide during that match. And uh, it's going to be a good time because then we're going to have him on the podcast to kind of review the fights with us. Oh, yeah. And, and we're going to bring to you both versions, right? We'll have the podcast episode on Monday where we talk about the actual fights and the entire card. And then we'll also bring you that UFC 305 fight night, like I said, where we bring you pretty much all of our picks and whatnot and ideas of the fights pre and post fights happen so make sure you guys tune into that and check it out because i think it'll be a really cool experience for you guys to get something different from the sports with social podcast gotta have that content baby absolutely man content is king content is what content is king and we stay providing the content man we did that tonight we put in tremendo shift we oh yeah Got oh, yeah. a, we recorded a game, got the podcast. No, it was a good game. You guys definitely got to check that out on the YouTube. Make sure Absolutely, you check that out later man. on this. Uh, it should be out later out this week, and make hopefully. Sure you, and make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, especially, because we're going to be having that promotion on there pretty soon. And, doing, of course, the most important is the YouTube channel, baby. You know, you got to hit that subscribe button, that mm -hmm. like button, drop mm -hmm. a comment. You got to let your boy know, like, hey, look at my clip here on the Sports with Social hit podcast that share button, channel. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You heard me? And I think we got to get out of here, bro, because it up. these guys are getting pretty close to us, and I don't want to get hit by a football on this live YouTube channel. So, like we said, make sure you guys tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend <laughs> about this amazing podcast we got. We're bringing you exclusive content. We're bringing you sports content. We're linking up with creators, and we're linking up with 365 Flag Football to bring you dope flag football content from South Florida, man. And until next time, peace. peace. Go on YouTube. Hit subscribe.